The White Sox take the series finale from the Twins Thursday in the final game at Target Field. Some interesting comments from Dave St. Peter today. Attendance numbers. We're going to break this one down on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of our Lockdown Twins postcast. It's Thursday, September 29th. I'm the host of Lockdown Twins, Nash Walker, here with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Mr. Brandon Warren. Before we get started, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Twins lose the series finale to the White Sox. They won the series. That's it for games at Target Field. The Twins finished 11 games over at home this year, but 15 games under on the road so far. They got six more. They got one more road trip uh, before the season concludes. But Brandon, the biggest storyline to me is we did hear from Dave St. Peter today. And let's start with the payroll. So Aaron Gleeman asked St. Peter about the payroll, and he kind of danced. I don't know if you saw the answer, but he danced around the question a little bit. What was your takeaway from that? I mean, I feel like every time we start the payroll discussion, it comes back to, like, that they're not really held down. I think we all kind of thought they were done, and then they signed a bunch of guys in 2018 and again in 2019, and Carlos Correa came out of nowhere. So I – I don't put too much stock into what they say because they really don't have any incentive to be honest or dishonest. I mean, what happens happens if Carlos Correa is going to be a twin, they're probably going to have to stretch the payroll a little bit, but there's really no reason to me why they shouldn't settle in that 150, 160 range, which they haven't done yet. But to me, you can put a really good team on the field in 2023 with that kind of payroll. Yeah, right around 140 this year. Feels like with the way that they've increased in recent seasons, we're looking more at 145, 150. But it can be the difference. You know, it can be the difference that just getting that extra 10 mil and who it, de- it depends on who you sign, right? They haven't invested that money uh, extraordinarily well, the money that they have been given, but they can always push that. And I think this offseason, Brandon, it's not a super busting free agent class, but you have this, this shortstop who seems to like it here, who is going to be a free agent, and I think you have a chance to land, and I think they're going to need to push the payroll in order to do that. Yeah, I think they're in a decent position as far as guys coming off. Now, I haven't gone on roster resource or anything to really crunch those numbers, but I believe they're going to be committed, hard committed to like $40 million plus some um, salary arbitration guys. There, there should be room to add Correa and not be done. Um, they need to add an elite talent in some form or fashion this offseason, though, whether it's adding, in quotations, Correa coming back or a starting pitcher like Carlos Rodon. They're going to have to have a pretty narrow focus. But I was, too, thinking, like, there are some interesting guys on second-tier lists who could come in, too, and help this team a lot. Uh, Look no further than first base on the other side. If the Twins want to go put Miranda at third, Jose Abreu would look pretty good in the middle of this order. But it's... The thing is, you you have a choose-your-own-adventure offseason where you go like, 
if you want to do this, go to page 17. If you want to do this, go to page 51. It, you know, every, every, um, out outlook, what do we call them? Um, your off season blueprint, every blueprint that was done last year got blown up by the fact that the twins signed Carlos Correa. So we spill a lot of digital ink over these things and we have a lot of fun with it and we get, say a lot of words about it, but honestly, we really don't know what's going to happen until it's all over. Sometimes things we do talk about happen. Sonny Gray, you know, somebody hey. we discussed as, as a possibility for them and they go out and trade. Tyler Malley, been talking about him, it feels like, for over a year. And then they finally went out and got him as well. So some of these things do happen. To me, Brandon, this is kind of like the Byron Buxton extension too. Once you do that, it's almost a commitment to winning in the that next three or four year window because you get Buxton's prime. And if you were to sign Correa, there were rumors last offseason – you know, he was saying to teams that were interested in him, how are you going to build around me? Like, look at your war projections. There's not enough there. I don't want to sign here for 10 years because I don't trust this is going to be a good enough team. So if you do sign Correa, that's not like, okay, we got Correa. It's like, oh, we're okay. We're going to make some moves around the fringes. To me, that's like further commitment and the Buxton extension as well to winning right now in 2023, 2024, 2025. And they're in a spot too where a lot of their good players that are younger are in their pre-arbitration years. Your Miranda's, your Lewis, your Kirilov, your Larnick. I mean, those four guys right there on any given day could be the lower middle middle of an, uh, a lineup or Lewis at the top. And then those guys, five, six, seven, four, five, six, whatever. So those guys being on the cheap side allows a team, even with whatever self-imposed payroll constraints they have, to be shopping at the upper echelon for the guys who kind of tie the roster together, having Byron Buxton on what would seem to be a very reasonable deal for a player of his caliber, and then adding Correa. I mean, I know we talk about good teams being um, sturdy up the middle. I think Ryan Jeffers, defensively, we've seen how much of a difference he provides. And then, too, yeah, Correa, Polanco, Buxton. I mean, that up the middle is sturdy and you'll you'll be adding to that whether it's a rise playing second or lewis playing second or whoever they have the depth and the payroll structure to go out and make some noise this offseason but they're going to be very careful and deliberate about it just like they are with everything else lowest full season home attendance for the twins since 2001 that's excluding the pandemic seasons 2020 2021 i think there's obviously more than one reason for this brandon but i have to believe you know, people after last year, there was excitement about last year, especially coming off the COVID year in 2020, huge disappointment. I have to think part of that is the team's on-field performance. Like this is now going to be two years in a row where it's just, it's not up to par. Right. And fans will come back when the play merits it. And frankly, even when the twins were playing well, they weren't that entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody wants to watch Chris Archer scratch and claw through four innings. And then you go to another guy for an inning and a third, another guy for two thirds of an inning, and then one by one by one, the rest of the way, you know, you might win a game five, two with a couple homers, but it's not going to be something fans are used to engaging in. And I just don't know that there are many fans who want to watch a game that's kind of jumbled together like that. So from an entertainment standpoint, I kind of get why people haven't turned out. I think too, there's the cost of tickets and there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things. You know, certainly some people just don't want to go downtown for a million different reasons, traffic, parking, anything. So I think right now it's just kind of a, a myriad of things that are kind of keeping people away. But if they start winning again, the fans will fill the seats because we've seen it before and I'm certain we'll see it again. 
you can kind of see that relationship. And I, I think you're right because you see that relationship. I'm looking at baseball reference attendance. In 2019, they were fifth out of 15 American League teams. And in losing seasons, that goes down, of course. Their first year you know, at Target Field, their first couple of years, they're a top three team in attendance. You, you expect that to happen. But I agree with you, and I think the offseason matters. I think you know investing in this team and showing that you're willing to invest, and whether that's through Carlos Correa or Xander Bogarts or Carlos Rodon or multiple guys or you know making big trades to improve the team now, all of those things matter. And I think it mattered at the trade deadline. It just didn't, it didn't work out well for them. They have a big opportunity this offseason, though, to recommit and, and to really show uh, fans who have been staying away that, like, we're committed to winning. Right. And, you know, going and getting Korea is a good step in the right direction. And it's hard to feel like that's fair to call a step in the right direction rather than just proving that they are there. But, again, the fact that this season wasn't good with Korea means you're still left with fans wanting more. So while they might see and know that Carlos Correa was like the highest paid player in Twins history and highest paid infielder in baseball, it's not going to compute if the Twins aren't winning. You know, it's it's like if they're playing home run ball like they did in 2019 and winning, you don't see very many people saying, man, I wish I saw more small ball. But right. when they're playing home run ball and they are three games under 500, four games under 500, then fans want to see the opposite. And so – we just need to see them settle into, hey, we're going to supplement this roster. We can keep up with the White Sox. We can keep up with the Guardians, um, which is hard to believe that that's a sentence. Uh, so we'll see. It, it's going to have to be a productive offseason, both financially and um, you know, winning back fans' trust. There was a lot of excitement for this White Sox team, too, and, and this window. And part of that was because they extended their core. And that was a unique message to fans. We're trying to win. You know, Aloy Jimenez, Yoan Mankata, they extended all their guys, mm-hmm. Luis Robert. And that was an exciting thing for fans because it's like, look at this window. Look at what they did here. They're planning to win. And it didn't happen this year for them. And they lost in the playoffs in 2021. But that created excitement because it was a commitment. And so Carlos Correa on a long-term deal is different than a one-year deal for me. I think it's probably mm-hmm. different for a lot of fans because to me that shows like, okay, they're, they're for real about him and they're for real about – paying him you know in for a 10-year deal or a nine or 10-year deal when you're most likely getting the most value out of years one through five well i think up the middle is different than in a lot of the investments the white Sox have done in corner type talents eloy jimenez jose abreu i mean tim anderson's not a corner guy yon mancada is i mean he's probably a third baseman i don't know if he's gonna play second ever again probably not so i don't know i just feel like where you invest i mean they've invested in corner guys they have guys like Andrew Vaughn who are a square peg in a round hole and then a bunch of closers. I mean, what's the, you know, what's the point of that? That's just not to me a, an efficient way to build a team. And so, um, you know, it, it had a narrow path to work, but it blew up in a way that we kind of expected if things weren't going to work. Sox take the series finale from the twins in the final home game at target field of the 2022 season. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll be here. There's six games left all on the road, three in Detroit, three in Chicago. Brandon, thank you, sir. We'll talk again soon.